Hey guys, it's Gary Vay, Nerdchuck, and this is the Gary V Audio Experience. Get up on your feet, Gary Vaynerchuk! Thank you, you changed my life. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Vancouver. Thank you very much. Thank you. Let's do this. I mean, look, we could stay here all day and do that, but, but I, I want to bring some value. Um, yeah, so listen, I think we're, we're doing a pretty cool format. We're going to go 20, 20, 20. I'm going to yap here a little bit. Then we're going to do a quick little fireside and then we'll do some questions with you guys. Thank you for the love. I think that I think that, that moment in itself is something that I think everybody should think about. A funny thing happens when you do the right thing. A funny thing happens when you over-deliver to the others and try to take less. A funny thing happens when you deploy patience and run a marathon. A funny thing happens and what happens is you start building equity, you start building legacy, you start building leverage. That reaction, I appreciate, and I know and have seen it for others, but I know the reason I get that reaction, and it's not because of my skill set on a sporting field or how I sing, it, it comes from the fact that I'm desperately, and I mean desperately, trying to figure out how to bring value to you and I've been thinking about it a lot, which is like, hey, why am I playing this so patient? Why am I not looking for anything in return? Why do I like it better if I give you a whole bunch and you never give me anything? And I mean that. And, and by the way, I'm not this great human being. It's not that I'm the nicest guy in the world. It, there's something behind it. I'm a businessman. I have my own goals and ambitions. And so I've been really trying to reverse engineer, like why is this my state? What makes me different in this way? And the other people that I see do it, why do they do it? And, and I think it comes up to this, my friends. I think first and foremost, and this is so important for so many of you to hear, and I've been saying it a bunch, and I know there's, by the way, a lot of engagement on social, so I know a lot of you have context on me. I spent the first 13, 14 years of my career building a business and not worrying about building a personal brand and not having a social media account. I was building an actual business. I think the real reason I give away my content for free, I engage with all of you, I answer, I give love, I think the biggest reason I do that is because I don't need your help or money to accomplish my goals. I have enough talent to build businesses that are not predicated on turning admiration or attention into short-term dollars. And I think this is very important because if this conference is positioned as how do we build things and have great impact, it starts with only two things. There's only two things. Listen, my whole talk, given the framework that they've created for this conference, is actually very simple. I was thinking about it, I'm like, okay, let's make it contextual. Let's talk about something slightly different. It's actually very easy, if you're sitting in this audience, to achieve the ambition of the context of this conference, which is to do things that are also then good for humanity. It's actually very, very simple. It's two things. It's intent, and this is a big one. And we don't talk about it enough in our business world, entrepreneurship, tech, you know, solopreneur. Intent. Like, what are you actually up to? Like, what 
are you actually trying to do? Is your intent to actually build a great business and give back to the world? Or is your intent to disguise that you wanna make money by saying that every time somebody buys one of your granola bars, you donate a granola bar to the hungry? And I'm glad that eight of you laughed over there because I'm gonna tell you something. As somebody who was there and saw Blake early on when he formed that Times Shoes model, and as somebody who was an angel investor in 2013 and 14, and looking at every single company, I saw an ungodly amount of 23-year-olds claiming to me that because they're millennials, this was the best, this was my favorite pitch, because they were millennials, they cared about the world more, and so they both wanted to make money, but also they cared more about the world than Gen X, which was really cute. And then I would look at their business model, and whatever the fuck they were selling, that they were then donating one to somebody that was so fucking needy, right? And literally, if you pressed them on why it was going to this country, if you even asked one question why it was going to this country, you pretty much ended up realizing they just threw a fucking dart at a map. And then I just wanna remind everybody, I'm a businessman, I understand that I put out content, but I'm a businessman, so it wasn't very difficult for me to look at the P&L and the projections to realize that they were selling this granola bar or umbrella or sneaker for twice the price that it needed to be so they could afford to actually give the sneaker. So what you were doing actually was your intent was to look like a good person but still make as much money, every dollar that you would have if you didn't have the bullshit model that you were donating something. And so what you were were completely full of fucking shit. And I have great news. I searched a lot of accounts on my long ass flight to Vancouver last night of people using hashtags here and these are wonderful people that are in the audience using the hashtag and they're gonna change the world and bring to humanity and some of you are full of shit. (laughs) So, if we're gonna accomplish something from this conference, these two days of inspiration and good stuff, if you're gonna actually accomplish something when you walk out there and go back to your normal lives, I promise you, step one of the idea, a really good part of the strategy needs to be your actual intent. I wanna remind everybody that it is very okay to be selfish and build something and do it in parallel. You need to disguise your ambitions and wants and needs with horseshit that you're gonna donate to the rain fucking forest. You don't have to do that. You're capable of both, and I am that. I live it. I tell you from, I always talk about stuff that's real to me. I am an assassin, killer, ninja, selfish, winner in business. And I can separate that from who I am and I wanna remind everybody, my favorite all-time thing of doing good is when somebody called me out on Twitter for not donating to things or doing GoFundMes on social media and then I was a bad guy and I literally DM'd this person and met him at Starbucks and where I stopped in between that meeting, this is back in 2011, I stopped at my accountants, picked up my tax Yeah, picked up my tax returns. You like this story, this is a good one. This is my favorite, but I don't tell this story very often, but it's good under the context of this. He said, Gary Vee, why don't you donate and do good causes? You're just selfish, you just care about yourself. Why don't you do things like your friends on social media? And he mentioned some social media influencers. I DM'd him, I said, hey fuckface, meet me at Starbucks. (laughs) I went to my accountants, I picked up my tax returns, 
I showed up to the Starbucks, he walked in, he shit that I was actually there. And then I showed him my tax return. And then I said to him, young man, here's the difference between you and I. You're still of the age where people trick you easily. Where people use social media to PR themselves and are using causes to build themselves up that they're good people and you're confused. When you do good, you stay quiet about that shit. I showed. You guys know me. You guys know me. I'm very comfortable to be loud and proud of my vanity and my kind of like accomplishments and like I self-promote. But the things that I'm most proud of, you don't know jack shit about. You don't. And so I showed him my tax return, which you know shows your donations and how you actually roll. And he was like, I'm, I'm so confused. And I said, you're confused because you don't understand what's actually happening. And that's the point of this intent talk. Nobody in here is tricking the 1% of winners with their bullshit. So if you wanna actually accomplish the thesis of this conference, you need to make sure that your intent is pure. Your intent, the way you make your money, the way you make your money is something you're proud of. That you're not bottom feeding. And most of all, if you're gonna do good for the world, just do it. Don't use it as your PR engine to make money on the side. Intent. It's true. And I'm sure you've sniffed it out. Number two, the only other way to do this whole thing is my favorite part, the doing the work. You know, before you're gonna help the elephants and before you're gonna help carrots, you actually have to be in a position to help. The way you do that is create the means and the infrastructure to help, whether that is a voice, and an audience, whether that's the financial means, whether that's the relationships. Everybody here, and when I say everybody here, I don't mean this conference, I mean the whole fucking game. 99% of people are so quick to get to this thing that they don't lay the foundation down. You've gotta actually build a business that gives you that air cover. I wanna remind everybody here, and it's really fun, because I always love when the mix of the crowd is 18 and 88. Because if you're under 26 years old, you have not, 27 years old, you have not lived through a tough economy yet. It's been all upswing since you've been in the game. Just has, 2008, nine, like call it what it is. In 2010, it was already on its way up. Simple as that. So you're living in seven, eight years, really means you're actually 30 and you haven't really played. Look around and I see people more my age and older. We've been through some shit, couple cycles. We know what happens. Do you know how excited I am for the world to collapse soon so I can get rid of so many of you fake fuckers? Do you know how pumped I am? I dream at night. Last night I fell asleep at two o'clock and I go, one day that kid's gonna have to change his profile from influencer to bank teller. Can't fucking wait. So, intent, don't be full of shit because you're tricking the 90% that don't matter and you're losing equity with the 10% that do. Number two, do. You've got to work. You feel super inspired from this weekend? You can't wait? What happens next Thursday? What happens next month? You have to actually work a lot. You know zero people, 
zero people that have built something big that haven't put in a ridiculous amount of work. And the bigger it is, the more they've worked. So many of you have your mouth way ahead of your actions. Really? You're gonna own an island and you fucking go to Coachella? Fuck you. Because it's the truth. It's the truth and the reason you say that is because you, like me, have been through a couple of these cycles. We know exactly what we're living through. All my 48-year-old executive employees were trillionaires in 2000 because of the internet and the stock market prices. How many people here have a startup, raised money, and have not had one month in their lives where they were profitable? Let me remind all of you startups that have raised money, it doesn't take a hero to lose money each month. And there's a problem, and I'm coming with you with this, and this is positive fire. I'm not razzing you, I'm trying to give you love because I know what's happening. I live in that world. VC money is clamping up. VC money is clamping up. So I'm sitting here and telling you to do, if you are not making money yet with your business, figure out why. Change your model. Cut your overhead. Shit's coming. Practicality is my religion. Practicality is my religion. That's why I push patience on so many of you, because it's practical. It is a marathon. Unless you die, it's gonna be long. So why are you running so fast? Why do you need it so bad? Let me tell you what really sucks. It really sucks when you bought a $20,000 watch and shit hits the fan and you can't sell that piece of jewelry for $4,000 because everybody's trying to get a job. And so everybody's not investing. Let me, let me tell, and by the way, I eat my own dog food. From 20 to 30, I built a business to a $45 million a year business, kicking real profit, and I was paying myself $47,000 a year living in a one-bedroom apartment and driving a Jeep Grand Cherokee, which was nice, but it wasn't a fucking Beamer. And I did that because I was investing in the business for a foundation, and everybody's trying to make a buck and they're pulling it out. You're making money and you're buying nice suits. Stupid. Short term. Insecurity. <laughs> People getting naked in the front row. But I mean it. But I mean it. Right? Like there's that meme, you know, it's funny, it makes me smile and I hope people are getting something out of it. There's that meme of Jay-Z on Instagram, right? Like two pictures of him, one with a ton of jewelry and then one now with just a black t-shirt and it shows one he was like worth a million dollars and now four, like that's just real. And the thing that I don't like and I've been bringing it up here and I'm gonna bring it up again is people are fronting for people that aren't going to be the impact on them. I met with a kid for 20 minutes today, loved him, he's got it. But he's doing, but thank you, but he doesn't, but he's doing something that's gonna hurt him. And I told him, I said look, you're doing something that is not going to win. I would eliminate you from consideration to do business with based on this behavior other than I don't think I'm shit and I shouldn't be judging people but most of the majority of my contemporaries are doing that. I'm just confused by the behavior of the current system because so much of it is facade, so much of it is short term, so much of it is fake and, and I don't know. I, I, I just know how I got here today. I know how I got the luxury and the enormous, enormous feeling of, of admiration 
and it came from tried and true, and it comes from tried and true for everybody. And what we do is we sit around and look at the point zero 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 one percent of a guy that creates Instagram, or a guy that creates Facebook, or Elon Musk, and we start mapping towards these anomalies, yet 99.99999% of people that have been successful, it took them 20, 30, 40 years, tried and true, hard work, and so I try to impose on you here today, my friends, through sheer will, trying to force it down your throat, that first and foremost, your intent needs to be pure. If you wanna build a good business, and if you wanna give back to the world, then that's what you actually have to do. You know, you're not gonna trick, right? And, you know, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just very, very, very passionate about this because we're living through the greatest era that human beings have ever lived through. And I am not confused to the macro-political issues that we're living through. And I understand all the scenarios that we're living through across the globe. It's just that humans have never had it better. Like, your life is better than your great-great-grandparents. Like, you know, there's a lot of shit going on with pol political presence and things of that nature, yet it's still better than if the Black Plague was running through us right now. Like, we, we are so fortunate. The fact that you're even at this conference puts you at this such a small percentage of people in the world. We have 7.4 billion people in this world and you have it so good. I am so grateful. I am so grateful, right? I'm so aware of what's actually happening here. And I don't mean for me, I mean for all of you. And so I can't wrap my head around wasting the one at bat we have. Unless somebody here has got some real interesting data, we don't come back. And you know what? I'm super fucking pumped that I ended up being a human being. It's much more fun than being an elephant. <laughs> and so if you take into account the ridiculousness and utter quadruple miracle that it is that you're even sitting here in a human and have all this opportunity that you were a human during this era and you're not willing to deploy the patience and the work ethic and the tried and true that it takes to Live, you know how many people here want to be a millionaire? Do you know how rare that is? Have you run the math? You have this enormous audacity. You have this enormous audacity, yet you're not putting in the work to get you there because you think somehow you've been tricked by yourself or somebody else that there's some system, that there's some fucking shortcut. There's no fucking shortcut. You've gotta put in the work. Lots of it. And that comes at the expense of golfing all the time. And that comes at the expense of going to every goddamn event. And it definitely comes at the expense of watching one more motivational video and three more books and seven more pot. You have to do. Doing is the game. the remote control of society. If you sit in this room and you do not know how to make written words, audio sounds, or videos for this device on the seven to 10 platforms that dominate it, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat, then you are invisible to society. I'm gonna say it one more time. You know, the first 80% of this rant felt really good for the 50 year old plus. The next two minutes, are not gonna feel so good. 
If you live in the world today and you do not at scale produce written words, audio sounds, or videos for this device, you do not exist. And you need to wrap your head around that. So, the theme of this in actuality is the following. The answer is self-awareness. Know who you are, know what you do, and then tell it in the way that comes most natural to you. If you're a writer, great. Start posting on Medium. I've got a great little recommendation that a lot of people aren't talking about. If you like to write, write long posts on Facebook and Instagram. Get an accompanying picture and write a long-ass blog post. How many people here are writing a blog right now? Raise your hands high. Tomorrow, write on Facebook in addition to or move your blog to Facebook. It will change your world. Tomorrow. Audio. How many people here have a podcast? Raise your hands. A couple. If, if you don't like to write, and listen, even though I've written four New York Times bestselling books, I can't write for shit. If any of you got an email from me, can't put two sentences together. God bless ghostwriters. I love you, Stephanie Land. But I can talk. And so if you don't want to be on video because you're conscious of that, but you can talk and you're not a good writer, you need to start a podcast and you need to put your content on SoundCloud and Spotify tomorrow. And if you've got the gift for gab and charisma and you like the camera and it lights you up like it does for me, then you need to make videos tomorrow on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram. Tomorrow. If you do not communicate that intent, and then when I say go do, you've gotta build a business or content, but it needs to live in here. There is no other world, and it is the modern version of this. Affiliate marketing and search and all these things, they don't play the same way on this, and there's nothing else. I don't even have a computer anymore. I've lived the last 18 months of my life with only this. I look at laptops like, what is that? The world is shifting faster than it ever has before. But the way to win is as old as time. Do the right thing and put in the fucking work. Thank you. Oh, we're gonna go right up to the front. I wanna get real close. All right. (laughs) Shit, look at this. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, brother. How incredible is this guy? <laughs> Holy fuck. I'm, I'm only incredible because I'm saying the thing that so many of you think, but you do things to cover it up. You know your buddy's full of shit. I just tell my buddy you're <laughs> full of shit, and then they have a decision to make, and so many of those buddies are like, you know what I am, and I can deploy this charisma and give for gab, If I just swallow it for three or four years, I can actually be big, bigger than I would have been by selling this short-term bullshit and feel good about myself. I'm not doing this because this makes me feel good and I'm like, "Eh -eh." I'm doing this because I want you to feel good. I feel good. (laughs) All right, so when, when I was in New York and we connected, you talked about, you know, businessman Gary and then like Batman Gary. Right. Right. And I, I, like, I absolutely love this, I, this idea, this concept. So just for a second, I want to talk to businessman Gary. When you're looking at investing in a company, like investing in a business that's up and coming, 
What are some of the key things that you look for? What's like really important? Only two things I give a shit about. One, do I believe in your thesis? If you walk in and say, I'm building a website that really does well on a laptop and sells, you know, ice cream, you know, in Alaska, I'm like, oh, that's a shit thesis, I'm out, right? <laughs> so I have to believe in your thesis. I believe that meditation over the next decade is gonna be the big consumer space, right? I feel like, I feel like, thanks mom. So, <laughs> but what you and I know is that physical health has been a 30, 40 year trend. It is time to talk about the mental part. It's the whole game, it's all I've got. By the way, if you dissect me, I'm so basic, it's just EQ. It's just very basic things. It's self-esteem, it's insecurity, right? It's, like, like it's very simple what I actually talk about. I update it by the current state of the world, but the thesis is simple as it gets. So what you and I know is that I believe every single person here will be spending meaningful money on meditation, whether going to meditation studios because it's trendy, whether getting an app so they can sleep, but like it's gonna be great. I'm really excited. I really I'm excited to be like 70, 80 and see the full cycle of it because it's gonna help so, so many people here would benefit from mental games, right? Um, so if you come in and have a meditation, if you came in and said, I wanna start the clothing brand, like remember Tap Out for UFC? I wanna start the clothing brand for the meditation space, which seems ridiculous because the meditation space in itself isn't fully baked and you wanna be the clothing which has nothing to do with it. You know, what is it gonna be, a headband? I'd still be interested, <laughs> I, I meditate. <laughs> I'd be interested because I believe it's gonna happen. Then comma, and equally as important, probably slightly more important to me, is do I believe in her? Can she do it? Can she, when shit is tough, 13 months in and money's bleeding and she has to fire her best friend and she's not doing well and it's lonely and she knows that her parents told her to go to Harvard but she did this and now she's on the brink. Does she have the stomach to get through it? The biggest issue right now in 2017 is entrepreneurship has become so popular that characters like me take selfies that Everybody thinks they have to be one, but it takes a certain kind of makeup and everybody's about to get punched in the mouth and most of them are gonna fold like a bunch of fucking losers. Mm. <laughs> uh, that's some real talk. That's some real talk, I'll take it. So when I invest, I'm like, okay, if she walked in and I believed in the meditation app she's building and I really liked her, I would say, okay, shit's gonna hit the fan probably before meditation gets big, but there's something about her that makes me think that when that shit hits the fan, she's gonna turn it into a cupcake company and we're still gonna make money. That's what I'm looking for. Great. I'll fucking sell hot dogs tomorrow if nobody wants to buy social media content. <laughs> I'm just telling you guys the truth. That's what I would, do. I mean, better than going out of business. I love when people are like, we're gonna, well, we're gonna go out of business. I'm like, you're a bullshit entrepreneur. Like, you, you didn't even try for a second. The second adversity came, you folded like a cheap chair. Loser. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's talk about that. Let's, let's talk about adversity, because I think, I think this is something that love it. all entrepreneurs can, can relate to. And I mean, yeah, so how do you deal with adversity? Because it's gonna happen. Happily. Yeah. <laughs> Just the one word answer. How I love do you it. Deal uh, definitely not complain. I love when people complain. Like somebody, somebody walked in my office the other day, she's raised a hundred million dollars. Her company's huge. She sits and complains. I'm like, my friend. I'm like, 
You've raised $100 million. You've paid yourself a nice salary for the last six years. You've lived on your own terms. You've been on the cover of magazines. I'm struggling to cry for you right now. <laughs> like you made your bed, lay in it. So, you know, I deal with adversity happily. Um, I'm, I know exactly what to do, meaning you cut your expenses and you maximize your profits. And if you were smart, you knew it was coming and you're not too overbloated in one way or the other. I definitely am not at the reliance of somebody else. So no VCs or I've never raised money for my businesses. I make money. I don't give pieces away of my company for money. Thank you. Uh, and so, um, I don't know, I just like it. I think battle scars are attractive. Mm, I like it. Uh, in, in terms of like building Batman, building this like personal, building this like personal brand that you have that you put out, which is why a lot of, you know, a lot of us are here today. Um, I'm curious, you talk about document, don't create. Yes. How important is it to have something to create on? Because I think what you talk about is, you know, you talk about a lot of these millennials and a lot of these younger people who are trying to take the selfies and build the online profile, but they don't have something to actually document. So what does that, what does that look like in your business? By the way, it's not just millennials. There's plenty of 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 year old non-executors too. Um, when I, the reason I came up with document over create is for people that don't have something big already. Like, you should document your journey. The first episode should be like, hey, it's me, Rick. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I kind of realized last night that I'm full of shit. And, you know, my t-shirt company isn't fucking Nike, you know? And so I'm just going to talk about my journey. And I'm going to go to, uh, I'm going to go to the gas station now and fill up my car. I mean, like, like you, like... <laughs> I think, I think the only thing that really sells is truth. And people always email me when I say that. They're like, look at this guy, they were a scumbag. I'm like, yes, that person eventually goes to jail. Like, do you understand? Like, people are just looking, I don't, I, dude, I'm struggling out here. Mm. I'm not joking, I'm struggling out here. Like, really, we're at a place now where kids think it's cool if somebody goes and takes money out of a bank and puts it on their fucking bed and takes a picture of it? Like, what the fuck is the matter with you? <laughs> it's, it's gonna be bad and it's gonna be fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I wanna, I wanna back the train up a little bit because meditation is something that's, I, I think is really important, that mindfulness in the workspace and as entrepreneurs, we had Moment out here, which is like a tech company here in Vancouver that represents uh, meditation and meditation in the workplace. And I think it's really important. How do you integrate that with your employees and with your team? I'm really curious as to like, how do you build that within like the corporate infrastructure? Meditation? Just mindfulness in general. Like, or, or if you haven't done it yet, do you see it become, becoming a part of all work environments? <sighs> I'm a funny entrepreneur. I, I'm a bigger fan of capitalism than communism. And so I tend to like really let my people do their thing. You know, I don't like doing things, you know, I think of myself as the federal government and I think of my business leaders as like the states using the American system, right? So I, I don't actually manage, a push down a lot of things into my company because, you know, I think companies get very politically correct and of the moment. I don't wanna like, now everybody has to meditate. I've meditated once <laughs> because I invested in the company. <laughs> 
hated it. <laughs> Doesn't mean that I don't think it's going to be huge. You know, I just don't, I, have, I don't, I don't want to do it. <laughs> so, I mean, so I don't know, it's the truth. Like, listen, I feel good. Like, maybe if my mental status changes, maybe I'll be like, oh, maybe that can help. Like, I don't know. Right now, I'm, right now I'm actually scared to meditate, bro. <laughs> I'm so happy. I'm like, that meditation shit better not fuck me up. <laughs> so, uh, uh, I think companies do politically correct things and look stupid. Mm. I love when big companies thought by putting a foosball table and giving free cereal out that that made them like Google. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of tactics. I'm a big fan of religion. Here's my religion. I give a shit about my employees. I don't need to give them the foosball table. I don't know if Rick wants to go on vacation eight times a year. We have unlimited vacation policy. Unlimited. Now, if you take eight weeks of vacation and you're not dismantling it the rest of the year, you're fired. But unlimited. Um, I don't think millennials like work-life balance. I have nothing but 22-year-olds who are like, I want more money, dick. I'm like, okay. (laughs) I'm like, work. You know, like, you know, I love, you know, like, so I think people impose too much stuff. It's all tactics. It's what I talked about with you guys. The majority of people here that are solving the world are in tactics, not religion. They don't mean it. They're posturing. Companies do that. They come up with happy hours and foosball tables and free cereal to make pretend they give a shit. So I talk about my truths. You know, we'll bring in somebody, maybe speak about meditation, but they can or can't. I don't judge on that. I want to reverse engineer every person one by one. I'm not imposing my will on them. Kid walked in the other day, he goes, Gary, I'm gonna be the CEO of this company. I'm like, bro, good. Now, here's a problem. You've already wasted too much time. (laughs) So, you know, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you're not gonna be the CEO of this company when you took 4.3 weeks vacation last year and you're 23. You need to work 19 hours a day and learn. Yep, it's amazing. Here's what's fun. Here's what's gonna let you keep going. You know what's fun about it? You know what's fun about it? It doesn't it doesn't matter what I'm saying up here. Like all I'm repeating is what the market's doing. Right? This isn't my opinion. It doesn't matter that I'm saying it in a funny way, sitting a funny way. This is what the market does. I'm just saying this is it's not me, this is what the market does. Like that's what people don't understand. I have no opinions. I'm just observing the market and just reiterating it. That's why it's fun. I don't take it personal. I'm like, I don't care for the three people that are gonna tweet here after this conference. Tons of good and there'll be three people like, I don't like Gary, his ego's too much. I'm like, I don't care because they're gonna be right or I'm gonna be right. Maybe they're right. Maybe my ego's too much and my head will explode next week. I have a funny feeling I'm gonna fucking win. (laughs) And by the way, (laughs) we all have it, right? Like we all still have our chips and fun. I'm really enjoying this Planet of the Apps thing. Recode wrote an article that said Planet of the Apps coming with Gwyneth Paltrow, uh, uh, celebrity mentors, Gwyneth Paltrow, Will I Am, Jessica Alba, and others. (laughs) And I was so pumped. 
like I love adversity. I, my man, nobody in this room, you could be tied with me, but nobody in here loves more losing, adversity, difficulty. I'm a wartime general. I hate this peacetime. These good times, meh. <laughs> this shit that's about to come, carnage. Oh God, I'm ready. I'm so ready, man. Because you've, like, you've built your business yes. out of that adversity. Guys, do you know what I did? Do I have to remind the eight of you that knew me seven years ago? I was at the height. I was one of the 50 most followed people on Twitter when there was no other networks. I had just invested in Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr. I was the guy. I was hanging out with Mark Zuckerberg every week that he was in New York. I had all the relationships. I was this genius predictor of where the world's going. And I started an agency. This is not my words. These are my actions. Who gives a shit what I'm saying? Watch what I'm doing. At the height of my career, to be fancy, I went and decided to do client services and eat shit and have clients. Because <laughs> I wanted to build a marketing machine for me for the future. I, was, I decided, let me take a step back and build something for 10 years, eat shit, make lots less money, have lots less fun, not cash in on all these great things I did, let me build a foundation for, you know, 50 to 90. So like, I don't know, like I know I talk a lot, but I promise you I'm doing way more than I'm talking. How do you, it's, it's interesting because watching your journey, it's almost like you have this cognition of what's coming. How have you developed that? Because I think that for a lot of us, it's, it's, it's challenging to see what's coming. How do you cultivate that? I think it's so important, it's such an important skill. I got a, I got a good answer for you, I lack ego. Let me explain what I mean by that. I know that's funny. <laughs> but I'll tell you how it happened and what I mean by that. I was one of the first top 50 followed people on Twitter. Ego kept a lot of those people staying on Twitter when other things emerged. They didn't want Instagram to happen. You know how many people in here loved affiliate marketing web 2002? Ego kept them out of social media. Ego, do you understand? I know that I ain't shit. That the market is the king and the queen and I respond to it. So the reason I'm good like that is when new shit emerges and then I go taste and I make judgment calls. One thing a lot of you know is I talk about consumer VR being further away than a lot of people think. Why? Because two and a half years ago I jumped into VR when I tasted its beginning and I used it and I watched it and now I'm using my experience, which is what I love about 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 year olds. We've seen it. You haven't, 27 year old Pat. You haven't seen it yet. You will. So I saw it, I'm like, wait a minute, this is internet 1990. The technology's here, but the consumer behavior's not. There's not a person in this audience that knows somebody that spends two hours a day consistently living in VR. So, you know, that to me is what's really exciting, other than people that are in the industry. And so, you know, normal people don't. And so we're still a further way away, and so I taste things, and then I make judgment calls, and that's why, and it comes from lack of ego. I don't, it doesn't matter that you won the last thing. There's a new thing here. It didn't matter that I won email. Email wasn't gonna stay at 90% open rates. It didn't matter that I won Google AdWords. Google AdWords weren't gonna stay at five cents a click and be the only thing. And so I just lack, I just don't read my own press clippings. I'm just, I just don't, I just think I'm as good as my last at bat. I think I'm super fancy now and that if I make seven bad decisions, nobody's gonna give a fuck and say I told you so he was a huckster. That's how, it, by the way, that's how the market does it. 
I'm curious, I want to shift gears a little bit. You know, you're talking about virtual reality. Um, I'm a huge nerd with AI. Okay. And I'm curious how you think AI, like we already have AI here, how do you think AI is going to sort of shape and shift technology in our communities and everything? It's real. Yeah. I call it third and a half base. Anything that AI and machines can do to get us to third and a half base will be done, and then we're going to take it home. So anything that's being done now by humans that computers can do will be eaten up. And let me just remind all of you, that's a lot. Like driving cars and all sorts of shit that we didn't think about 10 years ago. So I'm a big fan. Mm. You know, there's a lot of people in every single customer service job that is in the business of emailing back customer service answers is out of business. Over the next three, seven, nine, 12 years. I'm a huge fan. I'm, a, I'm a also very fascinated by voice. I'm obsessed with Alexa and Google Home. You know? I, listen, we care about time and convenience, and that's it. So, that's it. You know, like, if I can just be brushing my teeth, remember something, it's quicker for me to say, hey, Google Home, or hey, Alexa, remind me to buy tomatoes, than to grab my phone and type it. Just faster. Speed. Speed wins everything. Speed wins everything. Speed is absolutely one of my two or three religions in business. Speed, fast. Everybody's too precious. You're overthinking your content. You're overthinking your decisions. You're better off doing 16 times and being right three times than not doing anything at all. You're pondering. You lack the confidence because you're worried about what people say. I like losing. That's why this is all so easy. I don't give a fuck if you said I lost. I care. It's true. It's, a, it's an important thing, bro. I love your beard. Welcome. Um, beard dude there is reacting to the right thing. And I'll tell you why. By not worrying about what other people think, it allows you to do things. By doing things, you either win or you learn from your loss, and it creates speed. It's the absolute mental difference between the people that are executing and winning versus the people that aren't. It's the fear of others. I don't want to lose, but I'm definitely more disappointed than your opinion in your blog post about my loss. I got one last question for you. Cool. <laughs> so when we chatted last, you said that your daughter has the, uh, has the edge. She's got like the entrepreneurial spark. No, no. She has charisma and storytelling. Okay. I don't know if she has the entrepreneurial spark. Maybe her environment of being rich as fuck is not going to let her do that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. Listen, you have to be self By the way, yeah, I mean, look, there's, look, she may look at what daddy did and she's going to look at that mountain and say, fuck that. I'm going to give all his money away to people less privileged and I will support the shit out of that. I don't want her to be me. I want her to be her and whatever she does, I'm behind her one billion percent. And I can tell you, and I'm happy because she's going to watch this one day when she's doing it, she will win because she's got the empathy and the charisma. So whether she's raising funds for the needy or she's trying to climb daddy's mountain and say, fuck you, daddy, I'm doing it bigger, she will win because she's got it. And it's going to be cool to see, like, it'll be a fun experiment. Maybe I was me because I had nothing. And when I wanted toys, we didn't have the money for that. So I had to go sell, you know, shoveling people's, you know, snow and lemonade. And that's what did it. And maybe because she has everything, right, and has already done things in her life that I didn't do until three years ago. And she had to be on that private plane with me because we had to go and things like that. 
Maybe she won't have that hunger. Maybe what she'll have, I have gratitude and empathy, maybe she's gonna have guilt that she had it so crazy good and that manifests in giving back. I don't mind. If she wants to paint with tomatoes, great. (laughs) I, I, I just want her to be fully pure in what she loves the way I am and then it has a funny way of working out because I'm gonna remind everybody one more time, being an entrepreneur was not cool when I was growing up. It was just the only thing I knew. Amazing. Well, we're gonna open it up to, to Q&A. Do it. I'm gonna jet off the stage, I'm gonna leave them for you. I was gonna remind everybody that there are like 1,350 people in here that wanna ask questions. So try and keep your questions brief because there's a shit ton of people that wanna ask questions. So we're gonna have mic runners. Um, I'm gonna and, leave the and, stage with, uh, with you, with these monsters. Cool. Um, so good luck. Let's clap it up. <laughs> Thank you. I'm not, I'm not in control of the questions. People with the mics are. Let's do it. Who's got it? Go ahead, grab someone. You're in. I'm not picking. Um, I got a question, but before I go into it, I just want to take a minute and pay tribute to you, Gary, because I think that 10 to 50 years from now, you're going to go down in history as one of the greatest entrepreneurs in the world, like Walt Disney, Thomas Edison. So give it up for Gary. I really, I really think you're right. No ego. <laughs> so my question is, um, I run a video marketing company. Okay. And in a lot of your keynotes, I watch all your keynotes online, you talk about the importance of redefining an industry. Um, what would you recommend for someone like me in that industry as a way that we could redefine it? Um, well, I mean, do you want to redefine it? Yes. Why? Because it's boring. Yeah. Like, so I, look, I think, I think that there's a couple things here. So redefining it is fun for a lot of reasons, mainly because you have the audacity to have legacy, right? That's fun. Um, it, it tends to make long-term money versus short-term money, because if you're right, I mean, the video trends are obvious, right? There's 360, it's out there. It hasn't clicked the way people thought it would, but it's still got a long way to go. But all the action is gonna be in VR in 20 years. You're young. I would commit my whole world to VR video, wait till it becomes a reality, eat the shit over the next seven to 12 years because it's not gonna be there and you're gonna be selling it but nobody's gonna want it. Do whatever you have to do like sell hot dogs and cupcakes to get there and then when the market's there, you were a pioneer. Guys, nobody wanted social media when I was talking about it. I just knew it was gonna happen and I was willing to eat shit for a decade to get there. So that's what I would do. Cool. Who's next? How many mics are there? Go ahead. Is there one in the middle or is it just, why don't you go to middle? Two, got it, okay. Hey. Hi, how are you? Super. Hi, how's it going, Gary? Um, thanks for the keynote, great information. Thank as you, always. thank you. Um, I, I watched your Hamburg keynote, which yes. was just about a week ago. Yes. Um, and you talked about, much of like what you're saying today, how we've been through a growth period for the yes. last seven or eight years and it's gonna come. You, like know, the, the I've been, gonna you come. know, I've been talking about this for six months now yeah. because it just, it, I feel it. Now, by the way, it still could be two years away. It just doesn't yeah. feel like it's gonna be 10 years away, you know? Exactly, and I, I'm totally on board with that. My question is, for a motivational inspiration blog, which is what I have right now, which is my startup, um, 
we have an ever-growing social media presence. We're kind of past that, past that infancy stage and we're sort of starting to really grow. And we've doubled down on social media marketing. We're putting out Facebook ads at scale. Instagram, same thing. We're putting out stories, content. I've been doing it all day. Okay. Um, my question is, for someone that has doubled down on social media marketing, how, when that time comes, whether it's today, tomorrow, two years, given the landscape of like the market right now, how would you prepare in terms of like a contingency plan? I would do more social media marketing when shit hits the fan. Awesome. Because that's what you learned from the first internet bubble. Everybody saw the internet bubble, the, it crashed, and then people walked away from the internet, but consumers still were using it. Just because the stock market's gonna collapse and then everybody's gonna react to that and the economic meltdown will happen, doesn't mean people stop using Instagram and Facebook. The real question is, are you making money and can you afford to operate during a shit time? Because let me promise you what goes away when shit time comes. Shout outs, dollars for, you know, coconut companies disappear so they don't have money to give you the fit person $1,000 to post on your Instagram. So the money goes away. So can you make money when the money goes away? Because there's still money. It's just left for the A players. Thanks, I agree with it. that so much, and you just totally reaffirmed social media marketing for me, so thank you. You got it, bro. Right here. Yo. Hey. Hey, hey. Uh, so you've alluded to a healthy body and in a healthy mind, but you've also said that you were open to uh, PED use uh, for, you know, performance enhancing. Have you ever used nootropics, and what are your view on any of that kind of stuff to get through those long 18-hour days? Right, I have no idea what you just said. Well, you're on Joe Rogan and you mentioned... Oh, that I know. So, in Joe Rogan... So, I don't know what Matronics is, so I've never Neutro used... Uh, Modafinil uh, or Parazetamine, things that, uh, like, the, the bulletproof guy talks about taking to get through those long days. No, so, real, hold the mic because I want to jam on this. So, it's really funny. How many people here are first-generation immigrants? Raise your hands. So, I don't know if you guys have this same thing. I grew up in a Russian family where if you had a fever, you had to go to sleep. Like that was the answer to fix it. Yeah. So, uh, it's really funny. My parents or wife or sister, if they were here right now, they'd be laughing. Yeah. I actually get knocked out if I take a single Tylenol. Okay. So, I, what I was saying to Rogan is I'm fascinated in that all, you know, as I've gotten, you know, now that I'm in the gym all the time, I'm yeah. fascinated that in 50 years or 20 years, will people say steroids wasn't as bad as it was positioned, right? Yeah. The way marijuana or alcohol, but I'm undereducated. I, I've never, I don't even take supplements. Right. Because I always think that the people that are selling it don't fully know, and I'm like, fuck it, like I'm not taking it. So I haven't. Um, I don't know if that's right or wrong. Um, it, it's just, it's, it's not, it's a kind of a dirty secret of Silicon Valley that they all use like paracetam and, and all that well, stuff. You know, what's, you know what's really interesting about that? In my comments on all these videos I put up, everyone's like, this guy's on coke. Right? Or, oh, no, no, no yeah. I'm not saying you are. No, I'm no, just no, I'm, you, what your I'm, thoughts are. No, my thoughts are I don't really judge people for doing shit, right? I don't think that's my place. I don't do anything, um, but I don't know if that's right or wrong. And uh, do you know anybody that does it? Or have you been around it in that world? <laughs> not Coke. <laughs> Coke. Oh, I know yeah, a lot of people that do, do Coke. Coke yeah. <laughs> I know way more people that do Coke than steroids, bro. Um, I don't, but like, but, but listen, I think, listen, bro, we're living in a school system that is pushing medicine down kids' throats. 
Of course they're gonna be 23 and do shit. They were taught that they were too ADD and had to go on fucking medicine because Big Pharma figured out their way in. Fuck that, I ain't taking shit ever, motherfucker. And so you have parents that lack self-esteem because they worry about what other parents say about their kids that get D's and F's and they put their fucking kids on medicine, you fucking loser parents. One man's point of view. I got, I gotta go with the mic. Where's the mics? Somebody talk with a mic. Mics, you gotta make decisions here, let's go. Hi. Hi. Um, hi Gary, I love you. Um, I love you too. What is one thing that you believe to be true that most people would think is crazy? Oh, that's a good question. What do, one more time? What's one thing that you believe to be true that most people would think is crazy? Most of it. Um, <laughs> that's a really good question. You know, usually I can answer these pretty quickly. I don't know. I, you know, I think that, uh, so I think, I think the truth is undefeated. Like, I actually believe that it all works out at the end. I think people are very cynical and think that like a lot of people get away with things, but I think that people don't understand like the macro of things. They might have got away with the way you judge, which is they made a million bucks, but I know they don't sleep at night and their lives suck. So I would say that I blindly am optimistic and believe that the market is the market and the truth is the truth, and so I believe in that, and I think most people don't. Questions? Mics only. Where are the mics? Hi, Gary. Hi. Can't hear. Straight ahead. Straight ahead. I see you now. Okay. Hi, Gary. I'm Ali Davis. Lovely to meet you. Nice I to meet you. I want to speak to you particularly about family business. Okay. We've got um, an interesting and unconventional dynamic evolving. In okay. That I'm the 50-year-old. Yes. Only just getting into digital. Yes. We took our son, who's 13, out of school because I don't One, believe One, three. Hey? 13? 13. Keep going. We took him out of school because we don't believe in the system and we're educating him in alternative ways. Okay. He's starting to get involved in the business doing the digital stuff, which this 50-year-old struggles with. Yes. Now, so he's interested in it, he's getting involved, he's only 13, so we've got this unconventional family business thing evolving with a 13-year-old and a 50-year-old, and what's most important to me is my family. Of course. So for you, who's got been involved in a family business for many years. What's the most important thing for me to know and do as a parent of a 13-year-old who's already wanting to be involved in business? It's a great question, thank, thank you for you. asking it. Hold the mic for a second because there okay. might be a follow-up. So I got involved in my dad's business in a very serious way at 14. Probably not as serious as this sounds because I only worked every weekend and summer vacation. There's a chance he could be involved day to day. He is. Um, there's one thing my dad and I did that in hindsight, I can't believe most family businesses don't. My dad and I loved each other more than a business by one quarter of a thousandth inch. (laughs) (laughs) So, your answer is very simple. No matter what, no matter how big it gets, you just need to actually back up your words. If you actually just love your family more, then it should be very easy. It will be easy because you're, you're right. I'm dedicated to my business, but I'm devoted to my family. That's so right. we'll always have the edge. Now, now, I'll say this, and I love this. It gets hard. Because what happens is people don't realize it's not about the money after a while. Yeah. It's about respect. 
and that gets blurred. Like, me and my dad both really actually stunningly don't give a shit about money. But respect and honor and, you know, who did it, those things can get blended, and that's where it gets hard. So keep an eye out for that, because that bleeds more into family, because people think it's a money thing, family thing. It's not, the money's completely not the factor. It's the way you guys interact. And by the way, your relationship with your son will never be the same. You know that, right? Yeah. When you go into business with somebody, it changes everything forever. You will have a different relationship. And by the way, my, my dad and my brother, both my partners in my two businesses, we have phenomenal relationships and I would never do anything different. But it is different. And it's gonna change. And so you need to be prepared for that. Thank you, and I see it changing already in the, him being the leader because he looks over my shoulder when I'm watching some of your videos. And this whole digital thing, because I'm from conventional business background, has been quite scary for me. And one day, he looked over my shoulder when I was diddling about, oh God, I'm a And he says, Gary Vaynerchuk would say, just fucking do it. <laughs> I love it. Amazing. Next question, yep. Hey Gary, hey. Uh, my name is Elijah, I too ain't shit, so we got that in common. I love it. Um, I just want, I read a story uh, about you when you were young, um, one of the first kind of engagements you had with Ricky Henderson, <laughs> um, and how you kind of described it as you changed from being a fan to being a fanatic. Yes. I'm just wondering if you could kind of describe that? that, as yeah. well as kind of what does it translate on a day-to-day -day basis with what you're doing today? Uh, Got it. So you've got me completely pegged. It's one of the signature moments of my career. I went to my first baseball game in 1985. Ricky Henderson was an outfielder for the Yankees. He's coming off the field, and he winks at me. Now, important part, the crowd's big. Like, watch this. 40 people think I just winked at them. <laughs> so I'm hoping he winked at me, but I'm not completely sure. But here's what happened. Basically, for the next seven years, I bought all his baseball cards. It was the t-shirt that I bought. I talked about him. I became his biggest advocate. I, in the same way that me growing up listening to Richard Pryor and Chris Rock and Eddie Murphy has clearly affected the way that I communicate on stage, <laughs> I do believe somewhere, and that's when I wrote that article that you're referring to, it was when I realized, holy shit, the way I'm treating social media is probably because, that all I'm trying to do at this point besides operate, when I do the Gary Vee thing, I'm trying to figure out why I did it, how I got there, and then I'm trying to tell you so you can do it too, right? So I'm really getting in myself, really. Like I'm starting hitting up high school friends, junior high friends, grammar school friends lately on social, trying to ask them if they remember anything. Like I'm really trying to bring out more stuff. You don't need to hear the same shit over and over. I'm trying to bring value. Yeah, there's a big reason I'm liking everybody's comments and replying and DMing you randomly. I think it's impactful, I think it feels nice. If Randy the Macho Man Savage in 1992 liked one of my tweets, I would have lost my fucking mind. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, follow up to that, or, or, or just expanding on that. What it, I, I know you've described it, I don't know if there's a difference in Canada. What's the greatest arbitrage in social media today? And I'll let you go. Oh, it's the same in Canada. Facebook ads, Instagram influencers, there's nothing close. You should spend all your money on it if you're, marketing, if you're marketing to anybody under the age of 65. Like 50 to 80 year old Canada data on Facebook is crushing. Like you can reach most 72 year old Canadians on Facebook at the cheapest price. It's not that you're gonna reach all of them, not all of them are on there, but if you actually wanted to get to the most at the best price, it's called Facebook. Cool, who do we have? 
Awesome. Let's do it. Yo, what's good, homie? So, <laughs> my question is, how do you know when your ego's in the way of things you're doing? Uh, I'm not sure. Like for every individual person, I would say that um, I would say that if you're allowing your ego to get ahead of your humility and self-awareness, it's clearly going to be in the way. I think you need to pull very hard from both sides. They both matter tremendously. And it's just, it, it, you can't believe how truthful it feels in my heart and stomach when I say I ain't shit and I agree with the kid that says I'm gonna be one of the greats. I just believe in both of them. I just do, I just do. I also think that if you're one of the great entrepreneurs of a generation, it doesn't necessarily mean you're so special. It means you were good at that craft. Like, you know, what I'm actually trying to do is be a little bit special. Nobody goes to somebody's funeral because they made $40 billion. They go to the funeral because that person did something that made them feel like they should have went to the funeral. So I'm trying to do both. And so uh, I would say that ego gets ahead of a lot of people, but I, I think it's really hard to analyze that from afar. Here's what I would say. If you aren't 100% happy, something's wrong. So start auditing everything. Cool. Yo. Hey Gary, uh, first of all I just wanted to say, you know, uh, when I first heard you man, I thought you were a snake oil salesman. I get it. And uh, I, I'm so glad I didn't give up on listening to you because you're Why the didn't deal. you? Why didn't um, you? You know, it was when you started talking from the heart that really it, something about it touched me and I, I just really appreciated what you were saying. Plus, so wait, the, in the same video you're like, fuck this guy is snake oil salesman and wait a minute. Now, you know what, I, the first video I stopped watching and then I saw somebody I know posted a link and I followed that one through and, and loved what you said on that one and then since then I've just gone down the rabbit hole. Let me talk about that for a second. Yeah. That's what I mean by the truth. It doesn't hurt me if people think that because I know my personality and it makes sense to me why somebody would think that. It also doesn't bother me because I know what, how it's gonna end up. Go ahead. I, uh, I'm not even sure why I, I started that way other than just to tell you how much I appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate it, man. Um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm working on an idea right now. Actually, watch this. How, yeah. many people off, how many people in this audience started off not liking me? Stand up. I want everybody to see it. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you what that is. That is either very quick consumption where they just caught one soundbite where I was being my ego self and or they didn't want to face their truth and I was suffocating them. Go ahead. So um, I guess I'm asking you this question because I know you get a lot of ideas come your way. By the way, I'm never doing that again. That fucking hurt. Yeah, sorry buddy. <laughs> it still I, I hurts. I didn't mean to hurt you. It still hurts. <laughs> Jesus. Everybody in here loves you now, though. I get it. Um, Go ahead. All right, so I'm, I'm looking for a way to use fitness tracking to, to create monetary opportunities for people. Okay. Like to raise money with your running, your walking, your cycling through Interesting. Um, I'm just curious if you've seen anything come across your desk like that or if you... Sure. If, I've I'm seen one, a ton of things that are do this action and yeah. th that action will create the funding. Right. I'm looking for the unknown unknown. Like what should I, what should I be looking at to figure out what I, where I need to go with this thing? Like, I'm, I'm pretty early in my, in my hustle on this. First and foremost, you should get very serious about B2B, not B2C. All right. So, big companies like to support shit like that because it makes them look good. Yeah. Right? Most people don't give a fuck. Right? Yeah. Like, like, you know, I mean, but there's one place I would look 
go reverse engineer and study everything about what Charity Water did when they did Donate Your Birthday, yeah. right? They found something there technology-wise and theme-wise, uh-huh. right? So I would say two things. Case study on Charity Water, Donating Your Birthday, know everything about the psychology of why that worked, and number two, realize that the only way you're gonna get past the first inning is get corporations to subsidize the donations because most people won't do it. Right on, thanks a lot, Cool, you got it. Hey, can I, can I go late? Hello? Can I go late? I can go late a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Hey. Hello? Hello? Hey. hey. What's up? All good. Okay, I'm gonna come up closer just because I want to really speak to you face to face. Okay. Um, whoa, first of all, I gotta say this feels like being at a wax museum when you see those famous people yep. in person. Yeah, except you're much better looking in person. But Thank you. Anyways, um, just- I, <laughs> I thought you were calling me waxy. <laughs> okay. Um, my name is Laura. Um, just to give you a little bit of context before I ask my question, um, what, I, what re- really resonated with me a lot about your life is that I'm a first generation immigrant. And when you said that you couldn't afford a Jets jersey and that's your dream to own New York Jets. For example, myself, I never owned a single brand name handbag in my life right. up until last year when I got to manage the number one top volume handbags floor in one of the top department stores in North America. That's awesome. Um, so from there, um, currently aside from managing the handbags floor at a department store, um, because we are a public company, I can't share that, but um, <laughs> I am, <laughs> when I get off my work, I work for the VR association, because you touch a lot on virtual reality. Um, so I spend about 15 to 20 hours a week, um, unpaid marketing work, doing marketing work for VR association, and I just recently got a job, another job, my third job, at a VR company, and I kind of want to see the my job, my goal is to uh, connect retail experiences with virtual reality. And for you, before, uh, within your lifetime, um, to, for myself to come up with a solution that you don't have to go into a store okay. to shop for clothing. And my question for you is, um, so I come from a, a family background as an immigrant where it's been tough. Uh, financially and I'm at a place where I'm making my own money but my parents have a lot of debt so for me to start my own business my family thinks that is very selfish okay they want I you, get it I I went through the traditional route where I go I went to a credible post-secondary school I paid 20 or well, my parents paid $25,000 a year on top of my brother's tuition which is another $30,000 a year that's a real that's that's reality so what's the punchline I'm just saying is this selfish for me, for example? Do your parents want you to get a job and pay them back? Let, let me understand what you're saying. I'm just thinking, I take that as my own burden as well, and do you think that that's something, that's something that my parents should deal with? Well, or, did you guys discuss it before it happened? No, but it's just, you know. Are you I, asking me if you should pay your parents back? Yeah. Yes. Well, in, in the long run, yes, but it's yes. just. But it's, you But know. if you decide to take, like, do, do I think that you should get a job and pay them off slowly while the interest compounds versus taking the risk to build something big? Well, in terms of short run, for example, my mom works right now. She's like 55 years old, 57 years old. She makes $10 an hour and every now and then I'm trying to make my own money and trying to build money to start my own business where, you know, every now and then she'll ask me, hey, can you pitch in for my rent? And I've been paying I, for her rent, I think, and it's hard. I think, look, I'm not here to give people family advice because right. it's hard, 
I think, I think you need to, I think you need to, so we can move on here. I think yeah. you need to answer one question. What's gonna make you feel good about yourself? That's what you should do. Mm-hmm. If it feels better, to me, this should not be very difficult. You should pick and choose different moments. When you feel like you wanna pitch in on right. rent, pinch on a rent. When you feel like, fuck that, I wanna save so I can do my thing, do that. Okay. Awesome. Um, I just have one more question. Mm-hmm. No way, not with that fucking long question. Hey, hey. Hey, Gary. Uh, Sim Sai here. I uh, just want to say, unlike half the room here, I fell in love with you uh, when I read Crush It many years ago. Thank you. Uh, totally connected. Uh, before I ask my question, I want to thank you for liking my Bret Hart comment on YouTube at 2 a.m. <laughs> yesterday. And uh, my question is you always talk about the long game. Yes. And it's worked for me. Uh, Go figure. I did 11 years of paycheck to paycheck, and my 12th year, I became a, a great success. Good. Unfortunately, a lot of my clients, family, and friends in the same space are struggling, and they're the same hopes and dreams that I do. Okay. And many of us, a lot of them, Connor talked about depression, suicide yes. earlier. Yes. And I struggled with it. It almost cost me my marriage. Yes. And uh, what can you tell to others? Because you are the influencer of influencers. What would you say to this room? Because I have a lot of friends here who struggle with it or have struggled in the past. Listen, man, we're, everybody's struggling with something. You know, my, my mom loves to tell the story about her dad, who I met, but I don't remember because he died when I was like two and a half, that he, basically the Russian term would say, like, everybody's got their problems in their rooster hand, right? Like, like, you know, basically everybody's got shit. What I would say is this, you know, this is the reason I don't like fake entrepreneurship, because I think it leads to people feeling down on themselves in a game that they were forced into by the narrative when they weren't cut out for it. And so what I would say is like, you know, most people get depressed because they're worried about external factors, not internal factors. And I don't know a lot about psychiatry and all that stuff, but people need an outlet to get their poison out of their stomach. So the only tangible thing I feel comfortable saying is if you're struggling, you need to communicate to, that to somebody who isn't one of your three closest family members because you're just putting your baggage on them. That I believe in. And so they need to find that outlet. Thank you. You got it. We're staying here? Where are we going? Thanks, brother. Nice shirt, by the way. PureWow is a company I invested in. And I'm giving Ryan a shout out. He's very happy right now watching this. Hi, Gary. Hey. So you said earlier that the truth is what sells. Yes. My question is, is there such thing as being too honest? No. And I don't, okay, <laughs> well, <laughs> I know you don't like hypotheticals. But give, is it a hypothetical no. or are you disguising? No, so I'm okay. gonna go. go. So I have a background and I, I've, I've been an entrepreneur since I was 19, I've worked myself since I was 19. Okay. Uh, but my background is in the adult entertainment industry. In the what? Adult entertainment. Adult, in, uh, porn? No. Adult, I'm sorry, adult entertainment. Dancing and escorting. Respect. So, and then I now own an online virtual assistant service to high-end escorts. Okay. Where we do, or basically female CEOs as I communicate with them. Okay. But my concern is I'm making the transition into a more public, um, I have an alias there and my, my real name, blah, blah, blah. Everything's legit. Right. My concern is, you know, you say the truth sells. Oh, I'm, I'm concerned about being really honest, but what happens when I work with clients? I'm transitioning into coaching. Okay. I'm working with women and people. And, and when so I wa- share my story, they have breakthroughs. But my question is more in social media. You know, where is the agreement reality around in the marketplace and the trend for that type of truth? 
Yeah, so look, I think that, you know, it's crazy. Like, there's people that will judge you and that, that, that won't. I just think you just gotta roll with your truth. Like, it would be insane to, like, if you were pitching me a business right now, that wouldn't even run through my mind as a negative. And somebody sitting next to me would think that's the worst thing that they've ever heard and never wanna talk to you. You're gonna have to play out and let the chips fall where they are, right? Meaning, you don't even need that on your head and on your chest worrying about people finding out. It's just better for you to own it than let somebody else own it above you. Thanks. You're welcome. Let's do it. You're about to, I think. Okay, um, Braxton. Braxton. Yeah. So, I'm starting an energy drink with a strong point of differentiation, and I'm just sort of, uh, it's got a dilemma if I should develop the brand as itself or if it should have a strong personality behind it. Like with your brand, for example, you're inextricable from your brand, uh, not least of which because your name is in it, but when I think of your brand, VaynerMedia, uh, I think of you, right? And I'm listening. same with uh, Steve Jobs, with Apple. Whereas oh, if got you've it. got like Google, you don't think of Larry Page or Sergey Brin. I'm curious if you have a preference. No, notice how both work. Yeah, but I'm wondering if you would think that one or the other would be better if it was different than how it is and nope. what your general explication on that would be. Nope. So both work, both have worked forever. There's plenty of quadrillionaires that you've never heard of and you don't associate them with. I think your bigger dilemma is you're going into the beverage industry. <laughs> I, I'm not, I, I, meaning, you know how hard that is, right? I will, I guess, yeah. Well, let me give you a preview. <laughs> now, you're going up against the biggest companies in the world who basically have the best model down, which is they pressure any retailer when any drink gets any leverage to kick them out or then they don't subsidize the trade dollars and they basically it's really one of the most gangster businesses in the world. Yeah, I see with like Richard Branson, they did that with his uh, Virgin Cola. Yeah, and I feel like he had a better start than you. <laughs> it's possible. But, you know what's awesome about the market? You might be that one. Maybe. But, but I think before you worry about should I build my personal brand and co coinciding with that, you need to realize you're going into a gunfight with a pebble. Oh, aim well. You know, you, and that's right. And so like, you should be spending zero time on that, which clearly has been historically played out that both work and you should do you. And you need to figure out how you're gonna distribute and make this product profitably in a world where you're going up against very difficult political infrastructure. Cool. Got Thanks. it. Thanks. Yep. Hello Gary. Hello. Hello, I'm Mary. Uh, I'm really glad to meet you. Glad and to meet I'm you really too. nervous right now. Don't worry. Uh, I'm super far away. <laughs> now that they're all looking at me. Okay, so uh, I'm a marketing consultant and I help um, clothing stores. Okay. So clothing retailers. Okay. And I'm gonna ask a selfish question. They uh, normally are. Yeah. Uh, do you have any ideas or tactics on how I could reach them and give them value? So, reach them and get them value so they hire you? Eventually, yeah. So, do you know the names of the people that would hire you? Yeah. Great, so I would follow them on every social network, figure yeah. out what they care about outside of their job, and then I would talk to them on social networks around their interests, not their job. Don't talk to me about social media, talk to me about the Jets and Bret Hart, and you'll get to me quicker. 
All right, thank you very much. You're welcome. By the way, that tactic I just said, everybody should do. Anybody that you're trying to sell to, you need to follow on every, every single platform, know who they are, and then exploit that to get their money. Hey, Gary. Hey, man. Beard dude. Beard dude, I'm glad you can't him out. Thanks. So my question is, the reason I love you is because you talk about eating shit. Yes. And it's the hardest thing to do. That's why so few people win. Exactly. And you talk about the joy. You love failing. You love losing. And that's a mentality that's so important. And so I was wondering if you could just spend a little more time talking to us about what it takes to re-engineer our neural relationship to pain and losing. Um, I don't know. Like, you know, I think that's, an inter- that's a really interesting question. I don't know how to create that. I don't know why anytime I watch a sport that I root for the underdog, every time. Like, I make fun of all my friends who are fans of the best teams because I'm like, really? You need to jump on a bandwagon to feel better about yourself? Like, you're really wrapping your self-esteem up into a team that you didn't care about but they just won and you bought their t-shirt? Like, you're the ultimate loser, right? So, so I don't know why I do that. I don't know how that happened. I do believe some of that is upbringing. I do think that's the underdog entrepreneur, uh, you know, immigrant thing. I do think that's there. I definitely am not the person that knows how to engineer that, but I do think that I'm adding to the conversation. There's not a lot of people out there right now that look like me that are talking about the love of losing, and then if you capture admiration, maybe then they think that's good. I'm very driven by Steve Jobs' narrative. I just want everybody to know. Him becoming the famous person of Silicon Valley when I was really deeply in it, and the narrative that he was tough on his employees and treated them like shit, I watched smart, nice kids start treating their employees like shit because they looked up to Steve Jobs and they thought that was the right thing to do. The reason I'm talking about all these true things is I hope there's a 15-year-old girl that's looking up to me on the internet right now and she tries to treat people better because she thinks I'm cool and that's my system. So I don't know how to do it, but if I'm actually gonna be influential and if I have a big responsibility with all the attention that I have right now, I think just in the fact that I'm talking about it has already impacted others to think about it. Thanks, man. You're kicking me off, huh? Can I get one more in? All right, cool. I am. You know I'm gonna get more than one, right? I was able to, (laughs) I'm very thankful to be able to speak with you and thank you for being here. I got this ticket because, I'm gonna ask you a question in a second, but I, I have to thank you because two years ago, I was paralyzed and I couldn't walk. I'm actually still walking with a brace. Um, no, it's, um, I've been training martial arts for 21 years of my life and to have lost everything in my ability to walk, man, there was three people who helped me, my family, close friends, and your videos, man, so. <laughs> thank you, man. Yeah. Um, and um, it was a video actually you were talking about you know what are you 20 30 years old like what are you going to do for the rest of your life you still have time do something and honestly it was so motivating so thank thank you you, man means a lot to me thank you Um, my question is is now I started a a company for self-defense because there was a lot of sexual assaults that was happening around UBC and SFU and I was tired of people being a victim like I was I guess sure and I wanted to do something about it. So I made this self-defense company. And um, I have a great deal of students. And one of the things, one of the challenges that I face all the time with some of these students is anxiety. 
and how I can help them yeah. see that they are, you know, they can do more than they think and that they're stronger than they know. How would you, hiring someone who's new, say, and you see that they have this talent and potential, how would you articulate or explain I, to them? I, you know how I do it. I'm yeah. doing it. I put pressure on the true answers. Yeah. I ask them why they're, did their mom fuck them up? Like, yeah. you know, is it, you know, like, I'm being serious. Like, the way you do, like, insecurity is the seed that creates all these issues. Absolutely. And so I'm trying to figure out why they didn't build self-esteem, who didn't build self-esteem, and the reason I bring up mom is like, Jesus, it's such a big percentage of it. Mom or dad is like 80% of it. It's just, you know, I do this a lot, I'm fascinated. Listen, my dad, listen, I don't talk a lot about this. That's what happened to my dad. My dad's, my dad, I'm so impressed by him. The way my grandmother parented my dad is unacceptable. That's the only word I can think of. And not only that, they did it, and then, you know, I have a lot of empathy for my grandma. They did it in the worst place in the world, Soviet Russia. Like, you know, like, so, so I'm fascinated by it because I had the reverse. I'm so perfectly parented by my mother, I'm unstoppable. And so, so I look at that and I'm like, how, I, I, I feel guilty that I'm so emotionally grounded and strong, that's why I'm giving it to you. That, like, what do you think's happening up here? I feel guilty that I have it so good mentally. There's nothing anybody can do to my mental state. It's insane. I am so weird, guys. Like, it, like nothing hits, it's like I'm numb. And so I go right to the core. I do it when I see it sometimes. I'm like, hey, you are unbelievable and you think you're shit, that's bad. We need to talk about this. Tell me everything about your childhood. <laughs> like, you know, and I just go there and you know, sometimes you get a little break, sometimes, but what's really fun is they start thinking about it and it changes behavior. I get an email every day that says that they disconnected from somebody in their inner circle and for the last six months, they've, they've, they're breathing for the first time in their lives. It is not easy to break up with your brother. It is not easy to break up with your spouse. It is not easy to break up with your father. But that's actually the binary move if they're the poison of your life. And we don't talk about that, none of us. But it's the truth and we all know it. So, A, if that's your reality, you need to think. Because guess what, you have one life. And you don't want to be 73 when your parent passes away and finally start breathing. B, if that is not your life, you need to drive home right now and kiss your parents in the face. So that's what I do. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you, man. All right. All right, one more. I gotta rope you off. I gotta rope you off, man. I gotta rope you off. I gotta rope you off. These right, people fine. gotta go. Thank you. They gotta go. Give them a round of applause. Stand up. Stand up. Thank you. Stand up. Thank you. Thank you. Got the selfies. Oh my God, the selfies. Holy smokes. It's like the bomb rush. Okay, hold on, hold on. Before like sheer <laughs> New York chaos ensues. Before sheer chaos. Oh my God. We got something for you, bro. We got something. Thank you. Boom, there we go. All right. We're going to have time. Don't worry. Don't worry. Bye, guys. All right, I got something for you. Okay. I got something for you. Hold on. So, remember those nice kicks that you liked? Ooh, these are fucking So this is from high. 604. I know how much you love kicks. Yes. From 604, a local company.
Amazing. Got them done up for you. Limited edition from a local artist. Fucking rad. Thank awesome. you so much. Thanks, brother. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you guys for your attention. You. I wish you the best. Podcast listeners, I really appreciate you giving me your ear. I respect it. I appreciate it. You want to one-star this shit? Cool. But if you want to five-star it, even better.